morning. How's everybody doing? I told the last service that I was kind of kind of nervous because the last time we scheduled me to preach, I ended up having to go to the hospital and have surgery because my gallbladder went bad on me. And I, I was just kind of nervous about getting up here. I was just prayed all week, God, please. I don't want that again. I don't, I don't want surgery again. So, uh, but, but I'm here, and, it's, and I wanted to tell everybody thank you so much. Uh, my job is, uh, I, I said this last service too, that my job is very demanding. I'm on call, but you guys have uh, supported us and have uh, done a lot of great things for us. When I went through surgery, everybody was calling, making sure we were all right, making sure that everything was handled. And I just want to thank you guys so much. We, we love this church. We love being here. It's been such a blessing uh, to come here and to get to be a part of this and, and see what it's doing in the community. And we just want to thank you guys. But today, my sermon is called Here to Serve. And if there's one thing besides love that Jesus taught, it was that we're all here to serve. We're all here for a purpose. He put us here. And I'm going to tell you, I just want to tell you a story that, about me. A lot of you haven't had time to sit down and talk with me, but at five years old, I was saved. Um, I told, once again, I told the last service by eight, I knew I was supposed to be preaching, and I was a little radical. I used to go around thinking I could slap everybody on the head and tell them they need God when I was in elementary school. Actually, actually, the principal called my pastor one time, and he said, I don't know what you're doing at your church, but <laughs> he said, uh, we got your, one of your students here, and, he, and he's going around putting his hands on people's head, and he's praying for them, and uh, he said, I'm not saying anything bad about it, but, <laughs> but it was, I was just that way, but I got a, I came to be a teenager and uh, fell off into drugs and alcohol, and that ended when I ended up in jail. I uh, got in a lot of trouble and ended up in a really bad situation, but at the age of 17, uh, my life kind of took this U-turn, and, and God brought that calling back to my life, and it's, it's still been a roller coaster ride. It's, it's, it's still, it still has its ups and downs, but... It's been great, but uh, I struggled from the time I was 17 up until about three years ago with why, why things were going the way they were, because at 17, uh, I had this church offer. They said, we want you to come in, help out our youth ministry, be our youth pastor. If you'll do that, then we'll pay for your schooling, and uh, as soon as that felt like it was fixing to take off, all of a sudden... God moved us. We ended up moving to Miami. We uh, lived down there for three years. And during that time, I had another pastor come to me. And he says, our, our youth ministry is falling apart. They had, had, they had not had one for about a year. And uh, had pretty much no students. They might, have had three teenage, well, they might have had three teenage girls, if that. And they came to me and Jamie and they said, we need you to, to start a youth ministry back up here. And that just didn't, it just didn't work out there. And it seemed like when that happened, God moved us back to Alabama. And I was just sitting there like in this state of confusion going, why God, why? Every time I get this opportunity, why do you snatch it away? And one, one night I was preparing for a sermon for, for one of my school ministry classes. And it was, it was on serving. And God just told me that night while I was, I was taking, doing my notes... He said, I've put you through the things that you've gone through because before you can lead my people, you have got to learn to serve. So I took that and I said, okay, I need to learn how to serve, so what do I do now? And I actually ended up for the next three years serving a pastor in Oneonta, Alabama. Um, 
I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the expression armor bearer, but that's what they called it. That was his armor bearer. I, I went. If he traveled, I traveled with him. If he, if he preached to other churches, most, sometimes I would, I would go with him. Not all the time, but it, and it, it was tough and it was hard. It took away from my family time. I did things for him, uh, things for him that took away from family time, from, from, uh, from friends. And it, it was just seemed it was like one of those things. Once I got into it, it was like, God. This was supposed to be easy. This is Jesus, you know. This is supposed to be, you know, everything's supposed to be solved now. But it wasn't. So today, this is, this is coming from that spot in my life. Today's message is, why are we here? We're here to serve. And our first scripture is 1 Peter 4.10. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So... You might be asking, well, how do I know what my gift is? Well, it's not hard. A lot of times in church, we make things complicated. Uh, I, think, I think a lot of pastors preach over your head, so you don't know if he's wrong or not. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I'm just, you know, just being honest. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, let me try to get back on that. I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> let me try to get back to my point. But anyways, so he's given us a gift. How do we know what our gift is? It's easy. Look at your desires. Look what you want out of life. Look at what God has given you, what you love to do. Because that is probably what your gifts are. And the, uh, Psalms 139.13 says, For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So if God took the time when we were in our mother's womb to form us, to give us desires, to give us wants, to give us... Uh, to know what we're going to need. He hand-formed us, so he knows everything about us. He's not going to take us and put us in a place to where we're going to be miserable. He's not going to put you in youth ministry when you don't need to be in youth ministry because you're going to get really tired of youth ministry really quick if you're not supposed to be in youth ministry. So, and another way that you can do it is through our growth track here at the church. Uh, we... 101 is uh, discovering our church, pretty much, pretty much finding out what our church is about. Two, 201 is discovering God. And then 301 is discovering yourself. And we have a class that is based upon finding out what your gifts are. You, I, I'm scared of saying the word test, but you take a little quiz or test, and it tells you what your spiritual gifts are. And I don't know how it works, but it does work. Most of the time it's right on, and it... And then we take that and we tell you, we give you a sheet back and it pretty much tells you which ministries that, we think, uh, that it thinks that you would be best in. 90%, 99% of the time is probably right. But God is not going to put you in a place to where you're going to be miserable. God is he's not going to do anything to, to get on your nerves, to, to burn you out in church. He wants you to serve and to love others so that you can be a help to our church and a help to wherever you're at. So, the next question is, how can I serve? And number, the first thing is, put yourself aside. And he did this with Moses at the burning bush. In Exodus 3.5, he said, Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place you're standing is holy ground. And you probably think, well, that has nothing to do with what you just said. But it does. Because at this burning bush, when Moses is standing there, God is asking Moses to, take, to, to turn back from everything he knows. Because when he asked Moses to take off his sandals, Moses had lived in a place growing up in Pharaoh's house that 
the people of high stature would wear sandals, and the people who served would, would walk around barefooted. So he was telling him, Moses, at this point, right here, the very beginning, what I need you to do is become a servant. I no longer need you to walk around with your pride. I no longer need you to think that, that you're in control. I need you to realize I need you to serve, but I need you to do it. I need you to do this for me. I need you to take off your sandals. And we know that Moses struggled with this because later on we hear a story about Moses and a rock. And God tells Moses, strike the rock the first time. So my, Moses walks up, hits the rock, water starts pouring out, and everything's good. Well, it gets on a little later, and God tells Moses, speak to the rock. And Moses fell back in to what he grew up in, thinking, well, I'm just going to fall back to what I'm comfortable with. I'm going to do what I know is going to work. So instead of, telling, instead of doing what God told him to do, he struck the rock again. The water still poured out, but Moses lost the blessings that he would have had if he would have just spoke to the rock. So, another way is find what brings you joy. God, Like I said, God is not going to put you in a place to where you're going to be miserable. Because the thing that's going to happen is, say you think that you have to come to youth ministry and serve. Well, you're going to get there. And two months in, you're going to be burnt out. You're going to be hurt. You're going to, be, uh, you're, going to be, you're going to get mad at me. You're going to get mad at the students. And you're going to be thinking, God, why, why did I do this? And God, God's, I'm pretty, pretty sure God's just going to look at you and say, this isn't where I was meant for you to be. I have a purpose for you. I have a place for you. But this isn't it. A lot of times we just want to be stubborn. And we want to be like Moses. And we want to do what's comfortable and what we think we might like. And we find ourselves burnt out. And, and I don't, maybe some of you have experienced, but burnout is, is crazy on your life. It, it wears on your emotions. It, it causes stress. And you just feel like, God, where, where do I need to go? What do I need to do? And God all along is telling you, if you if you just listen to me, he's just telling if you just listen to me, and if you'd have spoke to the rock instead of hitting the rock, if you'd have done what I told you to do, you would be in my blessings. You wouldn't be outside of the blessing. So, and we can we can go back to the story of Moses, that Moses would have grew up and he would have learned how to lead people, being in Pharaoh's house. He would have learned how to become a future Pharaoh as Pharaoh's uh, grandson. He would have learned how to uh, read. He would have had the best education. And when God chose him, when God said, here's what I have for you to do, he didn't take away what, what Moses desired. He didn't take away, he didn't put Moses in a place that he was just going to be like, I don't know what to do. He said, you've been taught. I've put these desires in you to be a leader. So be a leader. But be that leader for me. Be that leader to my people. I need you to lead my people out of the struggles that they're going to, going through. And I'm sorry if uh, my notes are a distraction to you guys. I have to use them. Pastor Rick is great. He's a you know anointed man. He can remember. He's got that. He's got a big brain. He can remember. I said last service that uh, I was ADDD, 
And uh, Britton told me after first service, he said, man, I thought the Holy Spirit got, got you. And he's about to start speaking in tongues. I was <laughs> like, no, no, but, but anyways, so I just, I just thought that was funny. But, but find something here that you're passionate about. Find a ministry in this church that you're passionate about. Because if you're loving what you're doing, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But you're not going to get burnt out. You're not going to hate coming to this church. Because eventually, that, if you're out of that, you're eventually going to hate coming to this church. You're going to hate seeing our faces. And you're just going to totally hate this place. Hate everything. You, you probably turn, you could turn against God too and start being rebellious towards God because you feel like, well, everything's not working out like I thought it should. But two things I can promise you about serving. Number one, it's tough. It's very, very tough. There's many times to where I've, I've said that me and Pastor Rick probably don't want to come in here on Sundays and, and we probably don't want to speak and we probably don't want to do a Wednesday night service because it's tough. Because we look at it and we're like, God, this is, this is I just feel drained. Sometimes you just feel drained and sometimes you feel so lonely. I tell our students that before you even think about getting into ministry, I want you to think about this. It is the loneliest you will ever feel. Ministry is the loneliest. And a wise pastor told me that. And it's true. Because when we started, when three years ago, when me and my wife started on this road, we would get to places to where it felt like our friends weren't there. And we'd have to find new friends. And it felt like our family wasn't there. And I couldn't find new family. I couldn't, couldn't find new family. I just had to deal with them. But you get to this place to where you're saying, God, why? why? Why am I doing this? Why do you have me here? Why did you put me in this ministry? But the other thing I can promise you is it's got high rewards. I pointed out last service that Brandon Nell, he's sitting up here on the second row. And eight months ago, he was an atheist. He's one of our students. He told me that he didn't believe in God. He didn't want, he didn't, at that point, he didn't want to know about God. He didn't care about God. He didn't care about Christians. He didn't care about anything that had to do with God. But today, I've got to see what God has done through his life. And this young man, now he posts notes pretty much daily, two, three-page notes on Facebook. And I just thank God. I wish I could write like that, but it's so amazing if you think about it to say, this young man, eight months ago, knew nothing about what God could do in his life. And then now, every week, he's got two, three, four notes about what God has done in his life, about what God is continuing to do in his life. And it's such an amazing reward. It's not about me. It's not about what, I, what, what we've done as a youth ministry, but I get to see God work. I get to see what God is doing when I'm serving. I get to see Him touching our students' lives. When they, we, got, we have students that have struggled with drugs and alcohol, 
And now they're, we've, we've got a student that's now going, he's going to drug classes to try to get off of him. He's, he's been clean for probably two months. And then his classes are on Wednesday night, and this is what gets me. His classes are on Wednesday night. He shows up an hour, 45 minutes to an hour late to service, but he shows up. Because he says, i got to get this fixed, but I still need God. He, he still knows that he still needs God and the life change. And it's so amazing to be a part of that, to see the rewards that God gives us when we're serving, when we're on the right track, when we're in the right position. And that's, that's the key. That's what this is all about. we got to find. Maybe, maybe today you're serving, but you're serving in the wrong position. and You're doing exactly what I'm telling you. And you're burnt out and you feel stressed and nothing's going right. Start praying about it. Start thinking, God, am I in the wrong? Am I, I know you've got a purpose for me because God has a purpose for all of us. But am I in the right position in this church? Am I in the right position and wherever you're at to where I can be the biggest blessing? So the next one is uh, why serve? And this is where it, it gets hard for me because... Why serve? Because it's the best way that we can imitate Jesus. Jesus told his disciples in Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve you, to give his life as ransom for many. I'm going to ask Nick to come up. And Jesus demonstrated this. When he called his disciples in. And at this point, the disciples here, you sit in the middle where everybody see. The disciples are probably thinking, what's going on? This is crazy. What is this man about to do? You know, because they'd seen some pretty crazy stuff walking with Jesus for three years. And I believe this is just a reflection back to what God did for Moses. Because God looked at Moses just like Jesus looked at his disciples. And he said, take off your sandals. But Jesus took it a step further. And Jesus knelt down beside them. And they said, Jesus, no. No, we're supposed to be washing your feet. And he said, no. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And he took a rag or a washcloth. And he started to wash their feet. And the way he took it a step further was after he washed their feet, he looked at them and said, Now that I've cleaned your feet, now that I've washed them, now that you've got your sandals off, I need you to jump right back in it. Because, see, my job here is done. I'm going to go, I'm going to be crucified. For the sins of all. But the job is not done. The job is not complete. I need you to jump back in. Because after I'm gone, people are going to start realizing that I am who I said I was. And people are going to start wanting what, I've, what I have provided while I was here. And I believe this is like our, our lives. We come in, we become Christians. Jesus washes us up. 
He cleans us up. But then he looks at us and he says, it's not finished. I need you to jump right back in. I need you to jump in this thing full force. I'm going to tell you another story about two prophets and what I believe the difference is about jumping back in and then being content. There's a prophet, Elijah, and then there was a, 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 a prophet who served him, who was Elisha. They were both great prophets of God. They did great things for God. But the difference was, you see, Elisha, at the end of Elijah's life, Elisha got a double portion. Elijah said, I'm going to leave this world and I'm not going to leave anything inside of me. I'm going to pour myself out to where there's nothing else. And so Elisha got a double portion from Elijah. But the thing is, Elisha never found somebody to give that double portion to. See, a lot of times we become content as Christians and we're happy with just making it. But today the difference is Elisha was carried out. Elijah was carried out in a whirlwind of fire by God. Elisha was buried in a grave. Elijah called fire down from heaven in front of prophets. And the Bible says that God licked the water up off of the altar. The fire licked the water up. Elisha did many great things. But the difference was he got carried away by God. He got to see the fire of God. See, Elisha said, I'm okay with not passing this down. I'm okay with it pretty much ending with me. But we can't make that decision today because my, my daughter and my son, they don't need us to strap our sandals back on. They don't need us to get up after Jesus has washed us, put our sandals back on and just go back on our way and be content with being a Christian. They need us to jump back in the mud and say, I'm going to fight this fight with you. We're going to get your problem solved because our students deal with drug, deal with alcohol, deal with pornography. And a lot of times maybe we can push that to the side and say, no, a lot of, I, I'm a parent. So I know a lot of times when something as bad is said or we start thinking bad thoughts about our children, we say, no, it can't be. And we just kind of push it to the side. But it's real. I deal with these students that, that are to, the, to their wit's end. that think they have no other choice. And it's time for us to stand up, to leave the sandals off and to start running towards that mud that's outside these doors where we're going to get dirtier than we've ever been to help the next generation. We need to take on the spirit of Elijah and say, you know what, I'm not leaving until I'm, and there's nothing left in me. I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be content with something being left behind in me. No, we need to say, we're going to take care of this next generation. Because statistics say that next generation is going to choose to whether this nation stays a Christian, stays a Christian nation or not. That if his generation chooses that this is over with, that this is through, that we're done with Christianity, there's no hope. 
then in 20 years, you probably won't even see a church if they choose. Well, that affects my children. And that means that my little girl might not see a church. And that my little girl might not have a say in the decisions that are made about Christianity. She'll know that my dad served for God. But she, if they choose, and if we don't step up and they choose to let this go, our children, our grandchildren will know nothing about the blessings that we know of. Because up until now, people have chosen to pass it down. Up until now, there's probably a lady or man 30, 50, 100 years ago that prayed that what goes on in this church would be happening today because she was stepping in. She was stepping in the gap for this generation. That's all that we have to do. You want to see the blessings of God? You want to see the rewards of being a servant of Christ? Put your feet back in the mud. Jump back in with our students. Jump in with college students. Jump in with with the nursery. Jump in with uh, our kids' ministry. Because they control what's going to happen. Us older folks, I'm not that old. But... We no longer control what's going to happen. It's their choice. But it's our choice. We're either going to leave them hanging, saying we're not, we're not passing this down, or we're going to take on that spirit of Elijah, of Elijah, and we're going to say, here, here's my double portion, because I'm choosing to leave nothing. I'm, I'm choosing to leave nothing. Or to, to take nothing with me is what I'm trying to say. I don't want to take anything with me to the grave. I'm going to give it all to you. I've asked our students to to take a commitment. We have, the church has a growth track and our youth ministry has a growth track too. And at the end of that growth track, they sign a commitment card. And it says that we're going to see through the goals and vision of this church, of this youth ministry. And then I added something. I said, I want to be at 50 students before 2012. Y'all might think that that's not hard. Oh, it's only 50 students. We started with nine. The first night I was here, we had nine students. We're about halfway there. And already, because of our attitude, the attitude... Now, I, you should just come see the attitude of our students. It's a, it has changed to a serving heart. They really have servants' hearts. We have taken a youth ministry to where pretty much adults did everything. And now it's, it's going to where the students are doing everything. Because they, the students don't need people serving for them. They need to learn how to serve themselves. They need to learn how to jump back in the mud so when they get older and they're in our position, that they can choose to make the decision for the next generation, that they're going to pass it down and that they're going to keep this thing going. And then the last point, and you can go back. Thank you. The last point of why we serve is because the job is not complete 
When Jesus left this world, he didn't say, okay, I'm dying. I'm going to die for all your sins. Don't worry about anything. Y'all don't need anything else. If that was true, we'd probably all, we, we probably wouldn't be here today because he probably took everybody to heaven with him then. But no, he looked at his disciples, and in Matthew 28, 18, 18 through 20, he said, All authority in, in, earth and on, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. See, Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't say, it stops with me. Jesus said, you're clean. I've washed you up. Now, go jump in the mud. Help the people that need to be helped. Serve the next generation. Serve your children, your family, your community. Because that's what I need you to do. Because see, my job is finished here. But like I said, these people are going to want. Now that they're going to realize that I'm the Messiah, they're going to want what I had to offer. And you can imitate me by not being served, but serving. I'm going to ask the band to, to come back up. And I'm going to ask everybody to come to the front. They're going to play some music. But I just want to challenge everybody. This week, find somebody. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's your family, your grandchildren, your, your uh, friends. Find somebody to start pouring into, to start telling about Jesus. I'll tell you something that me and my wife are... We've decided to start, this will be the first time this year for Christmas. Is in order to do this with our children, we thought, well, it's the Christmas holidays, so every night we're going to get around the Christmas trees and we're going to tell them about Jesus. We're going to tell them what Jesus came and did. And then maybe one day she can make that choice to say, you know what, I'm not going to hold what my father gave me, but I'm going to send it to the next generation. I'm going to serve my children just like my parents served me. Maybe that's just a suggestion. Maybe you can do that. Maybe you can do something else, but find somebody this week. Because everybody, it doesn't matter if they're in church, out of church. Christians have problems too. We don't have it all together, uh, no matter what. TV says. We might think we have it all together sometimes, but we don't. But today, I want to challenge you guys as you go out these doors that you commit to serve. Because I believe, I believe that if where Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love God, and he said the next one is like it, to love your neighbor, if he could have said, if he, if he would have had a third one to say, would have been to serve because that's exactly what he came and did he came and served 
I just want to pray. Our prayer team is up here if any of you guys need prayer. But this week, I challenge you to step in the gap. Because this generation needs it. This next generation, the next generation. Be that person that I was talking about that a hundred years ago was praying for something to happen in Gardendale that was going to impact this community. Be that person. Because we're at the crossroads. I, I said this to the last service. I believe that this church is at that point of breakthrough. That we can either choose to be content with what we've got. Or we can choose to take that a spirit of Elijah. And I believe that as soon as we figure out that, that we're at that crossroads. As soon as we realize it. That if we'll just take a step. And we'll step right back in the mud. That a breakthrough is going to happen. That nothing can contain. And that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for a breakthrough that I can't contain. That I don't understand. That I don't know why God's doing the things He's doing. But I want Him to do some more. You know. That's what I'm praying for. I want a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. And I know a lot of you in this room. You're probably at that point too. Me and, me and Jay, just, just to be real with you, me and Jay have struggled with this for the past couple of months. God, we need a breakthrough in our lives, in our marriage, in our church. We need you to help us to make this next step. If you'll commit to making this step, I promise you, he'll, he'll help you get in the mud. He has no problem helping you get back in the mud. I, just, I know I started out by telling you guys thank you. But I thank y'all so much for everything that y'all have done for us. We couldn't ask for more love. We couldn't ask for more of a family. This has been such it's, it, it's, it's such an awesome experience being here. And, I, and I'm just so excited about what's going to happen in our youth group and in our church. Because I know that it's about to break through. There's got to be a point to where it's just going to give in. And we're going to break through it. But today, we've got to take that challenge. God, we just love you so much.